pack your bags for going overseas. Invest in international companies the easy way on Easy Equities. With global investing, you, you've got to be aware of tax. Tax becomes a whole different ballgame on, on global investments. And a lot of people are all, all around the world are very fixated on buying investments in America. And that's, I understand the reason, you know, it's the biggest economy, biggest stock market, you know, some of the best brand names that people know. But the thing is, you buy a share in America and as a South African living in South Africa, if that becomes a big part of your, your assets and you die, you're going to give away 40% of the money that you've got in America to the American taxman for, for death duty. Even though you're not an American, you might never have set foot in America. So you've got to be careful about that. Welcome to Easy Does It, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money and investing. No jargon, no complications. Your cool guide to investing. Easy. So we're into part two of our conversation with Warren Ingram on the Easy Does It podcast, your cool guide to investing. It's all about global investing made easy, which happens to be the title of his latest book. Um, Warren, I know we definitely have people who are listening to part one. They now tuned into part two and perhaps they've got all their money invested in the JSC in local companies. And now they're considering international markets, but they've got a little bit of an issue. How do they split their money so that they have a good balance so balancing between money that's in the jse locally and then balancing between international investments is there a rule of thumb i know it might be a bit dependent on you know what is your investment strategy your risk appetite what do we say to that type of investor who doesn't know how to split it quite right you should maybe relate to the the amount of money you have and also your age. If you're just starting out, you're just starting to build your portfolio, the, the, then I think it's okay to keep about 75% of your money in South Africa while, while you're building up and while you're starting. And then, then you have 25% or, offshore. As you go on that path and you become a bit more financially successful and let, let's say you you know you, you get some you have some children and you you realize that actually you could leave some money to your children you, you've got enough money to leave some behind Th- then i think you need to increase your overseas allocation from 25 percent to 50 percent and then you know if you are one of the, the the lucky few that makes it big and you know you're going to never spend the money that you've made in your lifetime your kids are going to be fine and maybe you're going to you know if you have grandkids that they'll be inheriting some money th- then i think you should increase your overseas allocation to to 75%. And the reason for that is that when you're investing for two or three generations time, your your time horizon is so far and and the the range of outcomes and the range of risks that you're trying to manage for are so big that that you need to be even more globally diversified because you just don't know where your family is going to end up in the future, where you're going to be, you know, what what economies are growing. So so then I really want to be, uh, you know, heavily diversified. I want to take a little bit of of a peek into your own portfolio of course you do discuss it in the book what does your personal global portfolio uh, consist of i can't preach the index story and not be an index investor and and so the the index is the um, to me is the biggest part of what what i own so and i I break it up into the world index and literally the world index is what it says it's pretty much all the the stock markets in the developed world and i allocate 40 percent of my portfolio to that so you know out of every thousand rand i've got invested you know 400 is going into that and i should say a thousand dollars now right we're talking global i have another 20 percent which i've allocated to an emerging markets index as well because to me you know that's the the story of the future you know the emerging markets are going to be where the, the real growth comes from next and and so i've got a big allocation there 
And then the last 40%, I've, I've split it equally between two investment companies. And, and the one is called Scottish Mortgage, and the other one is called Personal Assets Trust. So, so those are companies that are listed on the, on, on the London Stock Exchange, but they're pure investment companies. So, so they are, in Scottish Mortgage's case, they're actually little grey men in the city of Edinburgh in, in Scotland, sitting there looking at the world uh, and, and trying to find what the next big companies will be. And, and fascinating because they really are, when you listen to them, they're not exciting, they're you know, very boring, but they are the early investors in businesses like Tesla, in businesses like Amazon. Um, and they have this ability to look at the future and, and actually decode good investment stories out of the future. And that's something I can't do. If you had asked me when Elon Musk had started Tesla, will this be a great investment? I probably would have said no. To our point a bit earlier about staying in your area of competence, I know I can't buy the story and, and see the vision of these guys. Um, and, and so I'd rather pay someone to do that for me and, and trust them to get to do the job well. You know, it's so interesting that, you know, a couple of months ago, we had Narina Fissa on the podcast doing an ETF 101, which is obviously the indexes themselves. And she was such a huge fan of them. And you're also a massive fan of them as well. And particularly the MSC World Index, of course, an exchange traded fund. It's a big chunk of your portfolio. Why is it such a good option for an investor looking to build that diversified portfolio because i'm sure you know while people are listening to the podcast they say okay cool i need to look at an index and an etf but msc world index it keeps getting mentioned why is this such a good option it is a collection of the biggest most valuable companies in the world and and it goes from america all the way to japan you know it's it's spread across the globe if you look at that index and you look at let, let's say just unit trusts that invest in, in in global markets that that index will beat eight out of ten of those global unit trusts over any period of let's say two years and longer and you have to do nothing to, you know to buy it you don't have to be you know really clever you just have to go and find it you know look for one that's very low cost because there are a few providers who sell these msci world um, indices so just make sure that you're not paying a lot of money and to me you know using your foundation analysis earlier. For a lot of people, the MSCI World Index could be their entire investment house. It could be their entire investment portfolio globally. There's no, there's actually not a lot of need to diversify more than that. But if it's, if you do want an additional diversification, then it is the foundation and the first story of any house that you build when, you, when you're looking at investment, uh, an investment portfolio. You know, I was telling a friend of mine that I'd have you on the podcast and they wanted to know whether do you invest in any specific companies that might even be on your stock watch list? No, um, so so back to area of competence. You know, I, I'm a notoriously bad stock picker. So most of the shares I've bought in my time, you know, I mean, we, like everybody, you know, when we when I started out at you know kind of 21 years old, I obviously thought I was a genius. So I, you know, I wasn't going to pay a fund manager to go and choose shares. I was going to go and choose them. And and I think you know it, more often than not, I lost money on those shares. I didn't make money. You know, in South Africa, I, my my wife and I own one share. You know, uh, that that we've had for years now. In the rest, it's just index investments. You know, we just we don't buy individual shares here anymore and globally those two investment companies that I own I mean they are you know legally they are shares but but I mean they you know they are they are investment companies as well so they own lots of other other different investments but, but beyond that no I, I have a skill in in choosing managers who can who can make quality investment decisions but but I I can't say I've got a skill in choosing the next big share I'm I'm probably going to be you know worse than a, a flip of a coin <laughs> absolutely appreciate your honesty Warren when investing globally what are some of the financial blunders that our listeners should try to avoid? It's a chapter that's actually in your book that I really enjoyed because we're talking about the stories of individuals and their mistakes and how they overcome them. So, you know, what would you say are some of these financial blunders?
digital blunders that you know when investing globally we should try and avoid this fomo thing is a big issue you know so, so just be really careful that you don't chase the the current trend the current fashion you know i think uh, momentum is a funny thing in the investment world you know when a stock market or a share you know starts getting momentum and people start talking about it it can run up for quite a long time the problem is that momentum always drives that investment to be too expensive and it sets it up to fail and the problem is none of us know how far along the journey that investment is before it falls over and and i always think you know by the time we start talking about it you know like my hairdresser is a, is a lovely man but i always say by the time my hairdresser starts asking me about this investment i know that it's it's going to crash because you know he's heard it from all his clients and he's if everyone's talking about it it's probably going to fall over uh, and then secondly with global investing you you've got to be aware of tax tax becomes a whole different ball game on on global investments and a lot of people are all are all around the world are very fixated on buying investments in america and that's i understand the reason you know it's the biggest economy biggest stock market you know some of the best brand names that people know but the thing is you buy a share in america and as a south african living in south africa if that becomes a big part of your your assets and you die you're going to give away 40% of the money that you've got in america to the american taxman for for death duties even though you're not an american you might never have set foot in america so you've got to be careful about that and and the same applies in the uk uh, you've just got to be careful about those kinds of things let's say you decide you want to go and buy Samsung which is listed in South Korea now i have no idea what what the taxes and the death duties and the regulations are you know in in South Korea i don't know what they do to to non-resident investors so if you're going to go and do that you know you've got to do some proper homework first and and then i think security of money is an important thing now you know we we see it all the time i guess with people in the crypto world you know it's it's all good and well you know you bought your cryptos and they've you know gone up 100% in value doesn't help you if you know someone steals the entire wallet you know if that entire business that you that's actually holding your money just disappears uh, and and that's happened time and time and time again you know I'm, i know i'm not quoting my book exactly but but off the top of my head those are the th- are three of the big mistakes that people sh- really shouldn't be making now very very important uh, stuff that you mentioned and i think even in the book you go into quite some detail sharing other people's stories as well which i think um is, is, is just great for the book itself i know there's one question that you love to ask your guests on the on your podcast and i'm going to actually ask you that same question if you could give advice to you know the younger much cooler uh, much energetic warren ingram what financial advice would you give to yourself i think the the, the first thing i would have said to myself is cut, cut that afro and, <laughs> and i've got curly hair when it gets long it's it's serious and i, I and all my driver's license well not my id photos and stuff are so embarrassing now. but i think i would um i would say to myself uh, just calm down uh, you know you've got this uh you know you've got a long time ahead of you you know things generally work out uh for the better if you just keep going you know just keep working uh, and i think for my career that would have been you know hugely helpful for me if i just kind of you know didn't, wasn't so impatient and and so quick to to kind of change uh, everything all the time and, and then as an investor because i guess that that's a relevant thing here i would have looked at this index thing a lot earlier than i did and and then i think also just be humble to know that you don't know you know like humility is a, a really powerful tool for an investor if you know that you only know 5% of the information out there you probably know a lot more than everyone else and and then pl- 
play in your area of expertise. And, and that for me, you know, I, I, I felt this need to know everything and it's impossible, but I tried. And that meant I knew a little bit, I mean, like almost nothing about everything instead of a lot about one thing. And, and so for me, I think, you know, narrowing down my, my scope and, and focusing a bit more, uh, becoming more knowledgeable and more depth of information about less things was a huge help to me. So, so I wish I'd learned that, uh, you know, at 21, not, not at 30. And then Warren, where can we purchase a, a copy of your of your latest book? Online from, you know, Take A Lot and Amazon, uh, exclusives, you know, PNA, CNA, pretty much, you know, all the big bookshops should should have it already. And if they don't, you know, give them hell because it just means they haven't stocked up. I know every now and then, you know, the print runs uh, start running out and there's a little bit of a lull in the stock supplies, but they, they reprint my books all the time. So there will always be books available, but, you know, you can pretty much get it anywhere around the world. And now. of course, Warren, we can catch you on, you know, all your social media platforms um, and so forth. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that my, my Twitter handle is Warren Ingram. And I guess that's the first place to find me, uh, you know, if, if you need to chat. Thank you so much, Warren, uh, for giving us your time on the Easy Does It podcast, your cool guide to investing. I learned so much uh, just about you as a person, about your book, which I absolutely love. And then the fundamentals of global investing. And, and the thing that I loved most about you and I've always loved about you is your humbleness. You know, people within the financial space have this arrogance and this ego that they know everything. But you're so humble and you're so always willing to share uh, information with regulars such as myself. Thank you so much for your time. That's really kind of you and it was great to be on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does It podcast. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at Easy Equities. Equities.